0: Hello, my name is Andrew Gamson and it is my privilege each and every Wednesday to be your host for the Speaking for Him podcast. It truly is a privilege to spend a little bit of time with you each week as I seek to offer encouragement on this journey that we call The Christian Life. And we are in the Christmas season, and I am extremely excited that over the next few weeks I will be sharing with you three different movie reviews that I am very excited about. And today's movie review deals with a live presentation from London's West End that was recorded, I believe, in 2021 and is being released to stream this year. I know thats that it is available on the Broadway HD Subscription service now and will be rolled out to other services as time goes on, I do believe. And so I'm really excited that I had the opportunity through, uh, NBC Universal to get this screener and to be able to share a review with you. I will follow that up next week with a review of Candace Cameron Bray's new Christmas movie from Grand American Family, My Christmas Hero. And then on the 20th, I will be giving a classic review to the movie It's a Wonderful Life. I've watched It's a Wonderful Life many times throughout the years, but I've never sat down to watch it critically and to give you a full review. So I'm excited to be doing that. And then on the 27th, a couple of days after Christmas, we will be wrapping up the year with our 2023 year in review podcast. So December is packed and is going to be fun. So thank you for joining us. And I hope that you will continue to listen throughout the month. Thank you. Also, if you listen to the culture watch podcast, I've been very blessed to be able to do that. I feel energized to be able to share with you news from a Christian perspective. And I hope that if you are blessed by that, that you will give me some feedback to that end. I know that the news scene and the political scene isn't for everyone. And that is one of the reasons why in June I split into two different podcasts because as you know, I used to start the speaking for him podcast with news. So I just want to thank everyone who has been listening to either one or both of my podcasts that are outreaches of Speaking for Him over the years, and particularly in the year 2023. If you had a favorite episode of the Speaking for Him podcast over this past year, don't be afraid to reach out and let me know what that one is, and I may include it in my best of on the last week of this month. All right, so now I can tell you uh, that I am really excited to share with you uh, this review of The Prince of Egypt Live uh, from London's West End because of an advanced screener. And I'm excited to dig into this with you uh, because the story of Moses is actually one of my favorite stories. But before I do that, let me share with you the trailer for this film version of the stage adaptation of The Prince of Egypt. We all have a story. We must find a good name for you, Moses. Ramses will build the greatest empire on earth. So there you have the theatrical trailer or at least the production trailer for the Prince of Egypt live show from London's West End, which has had some theatrical opportunities, particularly in the UK. I'm not sure if they are going to release it theatrically here in the U.S. at all, but as I said, I know that it is available to stream on Broadway HD as their subscription service and will be rolling out to other services, I believe, as time goes on. So as I begin this review, I just want to say, first of all, that this review is going to be a little bit different from previous reviews that I've done in the sense that what I would like to do is tell you the things that I liked about This production, and then tell you some of the things that I didn't particularly care for. This story is one of my favorite stories, and it's because it has a significance to my personal testimony. Moses was actually one of those characters that God used in my own life to draw me into ministry and to humble me, and cause me to trust him in a way I hadn't before. For those who are unaware, I became a believer in Jesus uh, just before my fifth birthday in the spring of 1984. And for the first nine years of that salvation experience, a lot of my time was spent arguing with God and saying, God, if you could make me healthy uh, without this crippled body, then I could serve you. But because I have the crippled body, there really isn't anything I can do for you. And, you know, it wasn't like a consistent every single day. That's what I was saying. But there was definitely a lot of that over the years. And I would often make excuses for why I couldn't serve the Lord and how I wished things could be different. Uh, but then when I was... 14 years old. I, after I hit rock bottom the year before when my brother John Michael passed away, I went to a conference in June of '93. And at that point, God reached into my heart and said, You know what, Andrew? I just need you to get off the throne of your life and allow me to take my place there so that I can take control. And then I will do in you and for you, more than you ever thought possible. And that day, I committed to sharing Jesus with whoever would listen. I don't always 100% fulfill that, but that decision has been a driving force behind much of what I've done with my life since, and especially as I've started the Speaking for Him ministry in 2009 and the podcast kicked off in 2012. It's so hard to believe that we are over 11 years into the podcast, and yet God is still faithful to provide content. So to talk about this particular presentation, I just wanted to share with you first the quote of the day. The quote of the day comes from one of the songs uh, that is in the musical, and I really liked they creatively portrayed things like the burning bush and like the chariots that uh, Moses and his adopted brother Ramses uh, rode in as youths. They used people to create the burning bush and they used people to create the chariots. And I'll get into that in a few moments. But first of all, here's the quote from that song It says, Thus saith the Lord, since you refuse to free my people. All through the land of Egypt I send a pestilence and plague into your house, into your bed, into your streams, into your streets, into your drink, into your bread, upon your cattle, on your sheep, upon your oxen in your field, into your dreams, into your sleep, until you break, until you yield. I send the swarm, I send the horde. thus saith the Lord. So I have to admit that when I first watched this Film because I actually watched it twice as part of the process to get to the point of reviewing it for you. When I first watched it, I was like, well, did he really get the commands from the Lord for the plagues? But I realized in the second go-round that he did, but they kind of consolidated a bunch of plagues together and just had a big musical oratory as all of the plagues were taking place. Um, until, of course, the pivotal final plague, which was emphasized. And I was gratified to know that they talked about the significance of taking a lamb and putting the blood on the doorposts, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. It's actually a favorite hymn of mine um, that we sing on Sunday mornings a lot of times during the breaking of bread. For those who don't know, I go to a Plymouth Brethren church, and we do the breaking of bread, aka communion, every Sunday, and one of the songs we sing um, goes, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you, and it kind of compares the Passover to the work that Jesus does in our hearts, so I really like the way that came through in this musical, despite some of the changes they made. So, to continue on with the things that I liked, I thought this was a very well cast musical. Luke Brady does a fine job as Moses. Liam Tamney is Ramses. Christine Aledo is, is um, Zipporah. Alexa Kaladime is Miriam. Silas Wyatt Burke is Aaron, and those are the principal characters in this film. Of course, there are many other cast members. I think there is as many as 48, if not more. It was a big time production. So I I thought that each of these actors brought a realness and a passion to their role, which was very good. And, I liked the fact that it it highlighted Moses' indecision. I think a lot of times, mainly because it's not mentioned um, in a lot of the scriptures, but we kind of don't think about the time that Moses spent in Egypt before he departed from the house of Pharaoh. But we read in Hebrews that he chose to depart the house of Pharaoh rather than indulge in sin for a season. And we don't know exactly what all that entailed. We just know that he made that decision. And if we just read the Old Testament account, we may be persuaded that the only reason he left was because he murdered the man that was hurting his fellow Hebrew and didn't want to get caught for it but we read in Hebrews that he actually made a conscious decision to follow God by leaving Egypt. So that's an important thing to understand. I also really liked the way that Moses or Luke Brady portrayed the unsureness of Moses. That is a big part of the story. Moses is someone who spent 40 years in Egypt Then he leaves and he spends 40 years on the back of the desert. And then at 80 years old, God calls to him out of a burning bush and says, you need to go deliver your people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now the thing I often say when I'm reflecting on this story is that God easily, by his power, could have said the words, you are free from Egypt, and they would have been free. He could have answered Moses' prayer and sent anyone else to do the job. But he didn't do either of those things because he had a plan for Moses and Moses was going to be the one to carry it out. He was not able to get away from God's plan. And arguing against God, which he did for about a chapter or a chapter and a half in Exodus, proved futile. Now, one of the interesting things I have often thought about this story, which was not really brought out in the musical, I guess a little bit because there is an apology between him and Aaron, but one thing that I often think about is God told Moses to go. Moses was reluctant to go, so God gave Moses Aaron as a prophet. Um And he said to Moses, Um, He will be to you as God and you will be his prophet. And so there was a working relationship between them in part, at least because of Moses's reluctance. Now, could it be possible that God still would have had Aaron help him even without his reluctance? It could be, but we know that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses before Aaron came to meet him. So, All this to say, I just think it's very interesting, the dynamic here. In this particular presentation, much like the Ten Commandments, he does not find out that he is a Hebrew in actuality until he is an adult man. Now, we don't know from the scriptures when he found out he was a Hebrew, but we make the logical assumption that he always knew growing up that that was really who he was because his nursemaid was his mother and she was responsible for weaning him. And from my research about that, I've come to realize that that could have been much more involved than simply uh, getting him on solid food, but that it could also have meant that he couldn't be in Pharaoh's house until he was potty trained because Pharaoh's, daughter would not have wanted to take the time to do that herself. And so my belief based on these factors has always been that Moses' mother was very clear with Moses, hey, this is your lineage, you are a Hebrew, and that eventually when Moses grew up, he realized the need for the Hebrews to have help. And it's interesting because we can read in Acts chapter 7, that apparently he made an attempt at helping them when he was a younger man, but they would not follow him. So he had to come to a place, ironically, on the back of the desert, where he realized he couldn't do it. And that's when God said, okay, now I'm going to use you to do it. You have to come to the end of yourself to be used by God. And then God says, okay, now you can be a vessel for me. So I think that's a very important lesson that we see in this film. It's very interesting to me that they actually portray uh Moses and Ramses who eventually becomes Pharaoh as brothers. I think they did this with the 10 commandments as well. So I really felt like there was a a Ben-Hur vibe because you know Ben-Hur and his friend um kind of ended up enemies throughout the film um and book of that and so there was there was a similar vibe to the Ramses and Moses relationship i have to say as i move into the second part of my review i've told you some of the things i like i like the music i like the creative license that they took when they made the fire out of people and dancers and they made the chariots that the guys rode in on the stage out of dancers. I almost thought there would be actual chariots on the stage in some way um, because I feel like that's the way that sight and sound would have done it if they were doing the story of Moses. They would have found a way to have actual chariots and horses whether they were driving through the auditorium or whatnot, but they didn't, they used people to do that. Um, I thought it was very, you know, period specific, this idea that Ramses had to marry a woman to seal an allegiance with another kingdom. And, you know, this gradual awareness that Moses has that he's not an Egyptian prince, but as in fact Hebrew, um, we don't see that in the Bible. As I said, we, we kind of see confidence that he knows he's a Hebrew and that he wants to fight for his brethren, um, and he, that he's willing to do that, both as a young man, as we see in Acts chapter seven, and then as a 40 year old man, um, defending against the evil, uh, taskmasters who are, uh, being abusive to his people and we read in the Bible that he he killed one of the taskmasters and then one of his fellow countrymen um, reminds him of that when two of his countrymen are fighting and he tells them not to chide with one another and he says will you kill me like you killed the Egyptian and then that's when he goes to the desert one of the really interesting changes that they made and I don't agree with is they actually had the Pharaoh go to Midian and do some kind of battle there and take um, Zipporah as a slave. So Moses meets Zipporah when he's still in Egypt and then she escapes and then he meets her again years later in the desert. I thought it was very weird that they chose to do that. Um, but I think, again, from my dramatic standpoint, they're trying to... Uh, give you foreshadowing into the future, build some tension that will come into play later. And I thought it was interesting that Moses, um, comes into, um, the land of Egypt again. And initially he tries to bargain for the Egyptians, which again did not happen in the scriptures, but I understand the literary license. He's like, you're, you're my brother Ramses if I agree to serve by your side, will you uh, release uh, the children of Israel from Egypt? And Ramses agrees, and then his high priest of their false god says, you can't do that. You are the Pharaoh. You are a god, and you need to exercise the power thereof. And so he reneges. And it this is accurate to the point that Pharaoh did renege several times. There were several times when he tried to negotiate with uh, Moses and he said, Your men can go forth and sacrifice to your God. Uh, You can have some time with just them, but leave your women and children here because he wanted to ensure that they would come back. And then the plagues take place, and of course, they're horrendous on the Egyptians but there is no effect on the children of Israel because God was protecting them. And like I said, I liked the scene where they talked about the Passover because the significance of the Passover was explained, and it points to the Christmas story, right? Because the Passover is a foreshadowing of what Jesus will do when he comes to earth in the fullness of time, to redeem those of us who are under the law. And so, I like the way that the Old Testament story of Moses points to the New Testament story of Christ. And I think that's one of the reasons why they always share the Ten Commandments um, at Easter time, at least they used to on network TV. I don't know if they do that so much anymore because you can watch things on streamers, so the significance of watching things on TV at an appointed time each year isn't as much, but I definitely like the parallel between what the Israelites escaped and what we escape when we give up our sin for Jesus' righteousness. So some of the other things that bothered me uh, about this musical is, as I said, the way that they had the awareness of Moses being a preview, it kind of kicked him in the gut where I don't think that happened in real life. I didn't like the fact that in this stage play, Miriam suggests the name Moses. We know that Moses was a name given by the Pharaoh's daughter. And so I think that was unnecessary. I didn't like the fact that uh, when the people of Israel um, went across the Red Sea. Moses was really scared and he didn't know what to do and then that he prayed and sought for a miracle, uh, which is somewhat accurate, but it would have been so much easier just to have him quote the scripture and say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, They also had an interesting take where the children of Israel get across the Red Sea. Ramses decides he's not going to go after them, but the priest stirs up his soldiers and they all go after them and get swallowed in the sea. And Ramses decides to go back to Egypt um, to whatever is left there and leave Moses... And his people alone, which again is not in the scriptural story. Um, it's just something to heighten the tension and to speak of the difference between Moses and Ramses that they need to pursue uh, their individual callings that that God or life has for them. Obviously, Moses believes in the true God but Ramses believes in false gods. But there's a song that Jethro sings about how you need to live your life to the fullest and find the calling uh that is had for your life. I don't think he really says that God has for your life, and that would be another thing that would be a detractor, is that God could have been more emphasized, even though there was some good talk about God in this musical, he could have been more emphasized than he was. And, you know, I've often said on this podcast, in my movie reviews, that I get frustrated when things get adapted into movies and they make dumb changes. And you're like, well, if you didn't think it was a good movie um, without changing it, then why did you decide to make a movie of it? And this is something that I have often thought, and I think it's even more prevalent when you're dealing with uh, Bible stories. Um, And it's very interesting to, uh, and I kind of understand it because it is based on the DreamWorks uh, uh, animated musical that came out in 1998. That's worth noting. Probably should have noted that a little bit earlier one of the interesting things to note too is that this story as portrayed in this play and in the animated film is that it takes place over 80 years, but you never see Moses age and you never meet either of Moses and Zipporah's children because they don't have children when he goes into Egypt for this film and they don't bother to age him for the musical either, even though they could, there's obviously been plays where people get aged, you know, where they make somebody's hair white or they give them wrinkles and they could have done that from act one to act two, but they chose not to. So the musical and the movie kind of, I think take place over a much shorter period of time than the biblical account. So that is another issue I think Miriam uh, takes a little bit more of a leadership role here than she definitely did in the Bible. Um, We know that she had uh, some of those qualities and unfortunately used them negatively at a point to turn the people against Moses or at the very least to get frustrated with Moses about the way that he was doing things even though he was the one that was called to be the leader and she at least temporarily had leprosy as a result. But I think that the key elements of the story are here. The fact that God uh put Moses in Egypt for a particular purpose to keep him safe, to raise him up and to preserve Israel a deliverer. And the fact that he was one of them, I think was essential to them ultimately following him out of Egypt. Now they did have their doubts, but God gave Moses signs like his hand becoming leprous when he stuck it in his coat and took it out and then becoming non-leprous when he did the opposite. And his staff becoming a snake. Uh Those things were given to Israel as signs. And when Moses first came, uh they did get upset because Pharaoh initially gives them more work because of Moses's request. And so that's brought out in this musical. And, you know, my biggest hope with productions like this is that they will drive people to look at the source material and to, read the true story. And I really think that this was a well done musical that will hopefully make people think, uh, when they're watching it. And so I think there's merit there. I wish that I could give it a higher rating and maybe I should give two different ratings. Um, because from an artistic standpoint, uh, this was a five star production They did very well, and I thought for all of the scenes that they had to depict, it was really creative how they put all that on stage and got it all done. From a standpoint of wanting to see the true story played out before me, I have to give it only three stars because especially in my ministry, one of the things I'm committed to is proclaiming the truth of the scriptures. So I need to be honest when things like this don't pass that test, when there's weaknesses in that area. I still think the musical has merit, and like I said, I think that it can drive people to want to learn more about the story, and hopefully they can read from Exodus and find out the true adventures that Moses and the children of Israel went through. I think it's kind of significant, you know, that they end with the Red Sea crossing. I understand it, but that really was the beginning of the journey. Um, It's really uh, sobering when you think about the fact that they were told that they were going to be brought to the promised land. And they actually had the opportunity to enter the promised land two or three weeks after They got out of Egypt. It wouldn't have been that long of a trip at all, except that 12 spies went into the land and only two Caleb and Joshua said, we can take this land. Let's go do it now. The remaining 10 said there's giants in the land. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of food. That's good. You know, they brought back giant vines of grapes. They said it was the land flowing with milk and honey. It's a great place to be, but there's giants in the land. We can't take it. And that declaration from those 10 men made it necessary for the entire group of the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all of the adults in Israel died except for Caleb and Joshua. Do you ever think about the significance of that? And the 10 bad spies, I believe we read in scripture that they were killed immediately. that They lost their lives because of their lack of faith in God. And God said, your clothes aren't going to wear out. Your shoes aren't going to wear out. But you are. You're going to die in the wilderness and your children are going to see the land flowing with milk and honey. And, of course, Moses led them for the majority of that time, but even he was prevented from seeing the Promised Land because of his lack of faith in God and his inability to follow God word for word Uh, because there was a time when God said, Speak to the rock and I will give water. And Moses hit the rock out of anger, but not only that, he said, Shall we give you water from the rock? In other words, he was taking credit for the things that only God could do. Only God could give the children of Israel water out of the rock. And by taking credit, Moses was not being the man that God called him to be. So he said, I'm going to let you see the promised land, but I'm not going to let you enter. So he led him to a high mountain, showed him the promised land, and then later he led him the top of a mountain and Moses died there and I really like what it says about Moses at the end of his life it says he was 120 years old and his strength was not abated and his eye was not dim that means Moses at 120 was stronger than I am now he had the strength of a young man and we know similar things can be said about Caleb because even as an old man He's fighting battles as they go into the promised land in Joshua. And so, it's an amazing true story and it's way better than the animated movie or this Broadway musical from London's West End that we just talked about. So I hope that you, if you like musicals, will um, take the time to watch this one. There's some really uh catchy, thought-provoking songs. And I think that if you like musicals, you will like it. And again, I hope that it will encourage you to dig into the actual story um because, you know, they always say the book is better than the movie and that is doubly or triply so for the story of Moses versus the movie and the musical The Prince of Egypt Live. Well, that's about all the time I have for For this week's episode, I would encourage you to give me any feedback, questions, or concerns, or show ideas for 2024 as you listen to the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. I look forward to being with you again next week, but until then, have a great week and keep serving the best of Masters.